Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with a Few podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion for seeing people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? All right, I think we're on. There we go. All right. Well, we just want to say thank you again to y'all for having us. This is just really exciting for us. We're nervous as always, so you have to bear with us, but we are so excited. We want to thank Ni and Jay again, and obviously Zing and Ta for uh, being a part of this, for inviting us back, and this is just really special. Um, It feels like coming home in a way when you're with fellow brothers and sisters, and That's what we feel tonight, and so we're just so thankful for y'all, so thankful for um, y'all's support for our ministry and just being able to connect again in another way, and so we're just so, so thankful to y'all. I do want to say thank you to the people in the tech booth again. Y'all are amazing. Uh, You have our slides. You have the live going. You have mics up here. Everything's prepared. We didn't have to worry about any of that. And that is a huge blessing when we don't have to worry about any of that. So we thank you guys for that and your hard work there. But let's get into what we're going to be doing tonight. So uh, as Jay explained, we're going to be doing a panel and Maddie and I are kind of going to ask Zing and Ta some questions about Burma. And we're just going to have a conversation about it. And we hope this is informative. I'm excited to learn a lot. I've been praying all day that I don't mix anything up. So I've told them that it's up to them to give us all the info about what's going on. But I'm excited to learn alongside of you guys. But the thing that really came to me, we had a little bit of a pre-meeting over Zoom about a week ago, and I prepared to take a lot of notes and everything. And the one thing that I wrote down, the only thing that I wrote down in my notebook after that meeting was to speak for the voiceless. And that is what I really felt they were saying in the discussion that we had in the meeting that we had was that these people are hurting because of what's going on in Burma right now. And they don't have a voice. And so it's up to us as Christians to speak for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted right now, who are hurting, who are broken in ways that I will probably never be able to comprehend fully. The least that we can do is to give them a voice. And so if that means that we get to use our voice, that we get to give y'all our platform, even just for tonight, we're praying that the Lord just uses this and just uses it in a powerful way to help the American church get on board. I guess I want to speak to that for a minute. Um, a lot of people are probably going to wonder, okay, Lily Maddie, uh, why do you care about this, right? You don't have any ties to Burma. You don't have any family there or anything like that, but I do because I have um, sisters like Zing and Ta here who I love um, because we're we're sisters in Christ. And because it's on their heart, it should be on my heart 
because a hurt to them and a hurt to um, you guys should be a hurt to the American church. Like, it shouldn't matter whether we're Burmese or American or whatever. I know that so many people have gotten caught up in that, especially recently. All of the stuff. I just want to challenge y'all. Let's get past that tonight, okay? Let's just, like, put that all away, and uh, let's get some Jesus in here, okay? Everybody good with that? Yeah? We good with that? Okay. We're going to do that tonight, and I'm so excited to hear from Tanzing. They are, um, I feel like we're friends already. Like, it's just it's just amazing. So um, I'm going to let Maddie start off, but I do want to encourage you with the, with the verse that I found for um, speaking for the voiceless, because that is what I wanted to focus on here tonight, and it's Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. This is what it says. So speak out on behalf of the voiceless and for the rights of all who are vulnerable. Speak out in order to judge with righteousness and to defend the needy and the poor. I think that that is so fitting for what's happening in Burma tonight. Um, all the things that have been happening for a couple months now and all the hurt that we're seeing. And we know that God's heart is for what's happening. He is not blind to what's happening. He cares. And so uh, that's what we're going to see in these questions and the things that are happening. Uh, so I'm going to allow Maddie to start us off with those questions tonight. Okay. So I'm sure lots of you who are here tonight already know that there was a coup that took place on February 1st in Burma. And so the military has a lot of power in Burma right now. They've completely taken over the country. So that's what we want to start off with is how has the military uh, gotten so much power that they were able to take over the whole country? So uh, back in, I believe, like 1944, 1943, um, I'm sure a lot of you know that um, Burma was under British rule. And after they gained their independence, the military basically took over because it saw itself as like the only institution, I guess, that could protect the country. So uh, there's no like definite answer as to how they got so much power. But it's it's just how it's always been, like we've said before. That's just how it's always been. And they're very brutal in how they persecute people, which is also like a fear tactic, I should say, in how like they get so much uh, powers is why like the people fear them so much. So they're able to, I guess, um, abuse their power and authority. And this is happening all over again. To go off of what Zing just said, when they said, when she said that they abuse their power, we mean like, even before this February 1st queue started, it was a thing way back in the 1988. During that time, there was another, it was another like march on the streets for the people of Myanmar. And it's a very memorable history for the people of Myanmar because that's, that's when a lot of even college students passed as in they were killed on the streets. And with your question on how they have so much power, to be bluntly honest, I believe they just force their ways to get what they want, to do it as they please, just because they have become independent from British. And after that, it's they're in control, as in the people's voices, they're just not heard. And it's not up to them, it's up to the military. Do the military treat the people of Burma differently? Like, do they see themselves as um, higher beings, I guess? How is the culture in Burma as far as that goes? Like, are the people in the military equal? Um, I could say if you are, in, if you are, but I mean, like, if they are in the military family or connected to a military family, they are treated much better, I could say. Treated much better. If, for example, they have more 
higher education, they have more opportunity to get out to the real world and experience the real world. Why, while the working class and the lower class have less of that opportunity. There are many, for example, there are many uh, scholarships for the people of the students of Myanmar uh, to go outside and study abroad, but oftentimes it ends, always ends up in the hierarchy where it's always the military family or people who, ha who have a connection in the military family. So it's always, I guess you could say, it's always them and the working class and the lower class is always stuck, I guess. You can't really you do, you can't really climb the ladder because they have the power to do anything as they please. So so with that education uh, aspect, then they're able to get a lot more jobs than the lower class people are. Is that correct also? They're yes. able to have a lot more opportunity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So going a little bit with the education history, actually, Myanmar, we don't we don't have the best education. We don't we can't offer the high quality education for students. But as years have passed, there has been a lot, a lot of improvement with our basic um, educations and everything. But when it comes to certain people, for the lower class, you could say it was so difficult. If you graduate, if, I, mean, I mean, not graduate, but if you had gone through elementary, you must be very lucky. If you passed the 10th grade exam, you are on another road to going to university. But when you enter a university, you also have to go through a lot of years of um, studying. For example, the people who want to study science, they also have to study history, and they have to pass those. It's like bar exams. And they're very difficult to pass, and if you don't pass the 10th grade exam, you can't go into those universities. You have to keep retaking it. Also, depends on if you're willing to retake that 10th grade exam. But I would say the 10th grade exam, a lot of people don't pass it, and then they repeat it again. So the education, it's great if you received it, but it's it's mostly for people who are, I guess, in a better situation. So do they just kind of quit there? Like the 10th grade exams, they just kind of stop and aren't able to move on? Do they end up working? For like suburban areas where it's normally just uh, not not near the cities and away from the cities, it's normally, if they don't pass and they're not willing to do it again, they end up just going straight to work. For example, if I were to not pass the 10th grade exam and I didn't want to retake it, I would end up working, such as like construction and doing, I guess, hard labor. And if I, even if I didn't go all the way to 10th grade, I would still be in a hard labor. Like I'm stuck. And a lot of kids from Myanmar, they actually work at such a very young age, such as um, one of, there was a boy I saw a few, year, a few years back. He, uh, he changes tires for trucks, like really massive trucks. And I believe he was like 11 when he should be in school, really. But that's the reality of kids in Myanmar. So obviously with the military taking over, there's been a lot of persecution also um, to protesters and different things. So is there like a specific people group that they are targeting, uh, such as Christians, teens? I wouldn't say there is a specific group or age that they're targeting, but I would definitely say the 16 to 20 year olds that are protesting are, are at a higher risk of being killed because they're the they're the group, the age group that's literally on the streets marching every single day right now. And so far, I've been just seeing a lot of like 18 year old or 19 year old has been shot here and there and then another 19. So it's like the age is just 16 to 21. So I'd say there's not a target, 
but it's just them shooting. The desire is just to kill. So it's just whoever's there. So uh, you said earlier that a lot of teens are participating in the protest. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that, Zing? To kind of go off of what Ta said, or what you guys said about persecution, I want to add a little bit more to that, um, to talk about like the Christian persecution that is going on back in Burma. And it's one of the main reasons uh, why we fled our homeland and why we came to the United States is because of the severe um, religious persecution happening back there. The military, they specifically target Christians because there's this policy imposed by the government called um, Burmanization, where their plan is to basically make identical the ethnic minorities in the country so that like, they all follow Buddhism and they all speak the same language. And it's and if we don't um, follow the way that they want us to follow, then we get persecuted. Like they destroy churches, they kill um, innocent civilians, and you know they set fires on our churches and stuff. And it's a tragic reality, but that's that's what's happening. And there's a lot of fear that with the military back in power, that the persecution would just get that much worse. Yeah, and just to kind of go off of what you said, Zing, about the church persecution and Christian persecution in general. I had a quote from a pastor in Burma, and all of these things that I'm going to mention are from goldenshores.org. But this pastor said, we cannot go to church anymore. Last Sunday, we gathered together to worship, but we saw that a military spy was among us. Because of this, the deacons decided that we cannot meet for now. And again, that was a local pastor in Burma. And so I can see where you guys are coming from with all of the persecution and the protests um, that are going on that are uh, mostly peaceful, correct? Is, would you say, yeah? And the military is using force to go against the people in Burma, the protesters who want the democracy back, who want their freedom back. So can you talk a little bit more about the military response to the protesters? What have they been doing? Um, what are their strategies, I guess? Ever since the coup, we can all agree that um, if you are updated with what what it is happening right now in Burma, we could all agree that they're forcing people, they're dispersing. For example, other countries in this kind of uh, movement, when they're protesting on the street and marching on the street, oftentimes they'd use uh, water cannons and rubber bullets and tear gas. That's the three main thing. I believe we all can agree that's what other country, countries use. They started using that like when the protest started. However, when it got bigger and bigger, they started to use real bullets. I'm not um, an expert in guns and rifles and stuff, but I can most definitely tell you they're very deadly weapons. And there's, aside from the weapons, there's also a a lot of them just beating them up, uh, like beating them up, and then they're on the ground and they're kicking them and then stomping on them or getting um, a wood from like nearby and just like hitting them so a lot of that is it's just ever since the coup has started they started using those other what other countries would use but then later they go into using real weapons where it really hurts the peaceful protesters and to say about the peaceful protesters they have not done any from what i am updated with they have not done any violent against the military but the military is legitimately just starting to be brutal with them and then causing violence. If I may state and go on a little further deeper with it, um, they also use kids. They drug them and then told them to set fires. Another is that they released thousands of prisoners 
set them on the street and then told them to cause violence. So first of all, when they released those prisoners, if I'm not wrong, they drugged them and they told them that to dress up like civilians. And then they carry slingshots and knives and I guess you could say bricks and then sticks, like big sticks. And then they go to the protest, pretending as if they're the protester and with the protesters. And then as soon as they go near the military, they would start chaos and then cause violence, making the people look bad. Wow. Okay. Uh, Zing, I know you had a couple of um, pictures and specific stories that you'd like to share. You want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, so that girl, she's the uh, youngest victim so far. She was only seven years old when she was killed. And um, when she was shot, she was sitting on her father's lap. And the um, security forces, they were questioning her father on whether or not um, the whole family was present in the house. And her father said yes, and they accused him of lying, so they shot at him, but they shot the young girl instead. And it's so heartbreaking to see that because she was only seven years old. Like, imagine the future that she could have had if it weren't for the military. And the next victim is, his name is, um, I'm, I apologize, I'm saying this wrong, but it's Ozo um, Mietlin. Um, he was a member of the NLD party. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen his pictures on Instagram where he was in the casket and his face was all stretched out. Uh, it was investigated that he his face was poured with burning hot water and um, toxic liquid chemical and um, his teeth were gone, his tongue was completely melted, and his face was unrecognizable. So this just goes to show the um, extent in which the military will go to, just to show that they're in power, that they have control. Yeah, these are the two, um, there are many, many more victims, but these are the two that I wanted to specifically talk about because it's one of the most tragic things that I've ever read about or seen pictures of. Okay, and I know that the military has not wanted very many people to be reporting on things like this, telling the real stories, and letting people know what's going on. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, what they've been doing to stop the media from reporting, uh, but also the media's response of sometimes not being completely honest with what's happening? Okay, so if, since the coup has started, the military has taken over. We obviously know that. But they have also taken over the broadcasting stations. The only one that is active, I believe, is MRTV. And they're not reliable. We can tell you that. Because uh, one, um, in all seriousness, instead of breaking news, they had breakfast news as their um, title in the morning. And other than that, the other uh, broadcasting stations have been shut down because of the military, they have been forced to shut down. However, there are uh, freelance journalists on the streets that are, I guess, writing secretly and sending it over to someone that they're connected to out of Myanmar. And then that's how we know that those sources are reliable because we have those freelance uh, journalists. But broadcasting stations, I don't think they're reliable because even if they do get some truth out, they won't get the whole truth out. Uh, for example, Zing mentioned our I believe Uzo, he was the part of the NLD, and when he was killed, I think he was the one that he had his body cut open. Some of the victims, they're like brutally, um, I guess, killed, but the news will not cover those. They won't cover, they will only say, oh, uh, for example, a 19-year-old girl has been killed and so on, but they will never mention the other ones that are actually killed more brutally. I'm not trying to say each death is more sadder than the other, but there are things that they're trying to cover. They, they will only cover some of the stories, but not all. 
So I know we didn't talk about this earlier, but I, I want you guys to just talk a little bit about how has that made you feel? Like when people are not being honest about the things that are happening in Burma, how does that make you feel? Because I know so many people, um, just from talking with you guys and discussing things, um, you've mentioned that you feel helpless. And just explain that a little bit for those who may not realize the depth of what's going on in Burma right now. As a girl, or me, as a child who left Burma when I was eight, I don't remember much. I was, I would say that. But those, um, like I've mentioned earlier in our pre-meeting before coming out here, I mentioned that some of our older siblings, they had to go to school, and whenever the military are there, they're afraid. So the teachers would tell them, hey, don't look at them in the eyes or you'll get shot. Like, that's, it's a school, and then the military comes. Don't look at them in the eye. You're told not to look them in the eye and because you're afraid of getting shot. That's how we used to live. And then now that's reoccurring. And me personally, uh, I'm not very educated with our with the Burmese history, but I'm educated enough to say and believe what is right, I believe, or state what it, what my opinion is. So in that, um, with the history of what I know, I personally know that it's not right. This isn't right. I can't just say it's not right and then other people expect to know why it's not right. I feel almost helpless like you mentioned earlier because we're in the States, they're in Myanmar, but we can't do anything. All we can do is what we've been doing, which I've mentioned earlier, is just organizing events and then setting up such as like volleyball tournaments and soccer tournaments, also concerts and a lot of fundraising that's going around, which is wonderful. but. Other than that, we really feel helpless. And at times, we feel helpless as in on a spiritual level at times. We point our fingers at God and say, why are, you doing why are you doing this to your people? You love your people. Why are you like letting them suffer? That's oftentimes I ask myself. And then I know that plenty of other people ask themselves, like ask God when they prayed by themselves. And that's where I am. I'm very stressed out about it. I don't know how to word it in any other way, but that's where I stand. Zing, how about you? Um, for me, I left Burma when I was around one, so I have like less experience than what Ta has, and I haven't experienced anything personally, or I I don't experience anything um, that I can really talk about to you guys that you know back in Burma because um, leaving at such a young age it made me feel kind of disconnected to Burma because of you know growing up in the United States everything is fine everything is safe and that was always how we were raised and. I didn't realize the reality of what was happening in Burma up until recently, and that really um, that really made me want to do more research. And with the availability of, um, you know, we have so much access to information, whether it's by social media or, um, I'm sure a lot of us have Instagram or Facebook, and um, that's where we that's where we get our news. And so every day while you're on your um, you know, daily Instagram thing. Um, you can go there and you can see a lot of information and news about what's currently happening. And it is very um, easy to feel disconnected to it just because it's not something that we can relate to. But our parents, they, they got us out of that country. And I feel like as Christians and as just, you know, students, it, we should bear that responsibility to also make sure that kids our age are also getting the same education and rights as we do back here. But yeah, I definitely do feel helpless a lot of the times because I feel like no words that I can ever say or do could ever, you know, do justice to what they're experiencing, the traumas that they must have gone through. Um, it's one thing to read about it, but it's another thing to witness it in person. 
and which is why it's that much more crucial for us to do everything that we can in our power to help them, even if it's just by praying. There's always something to do for them, even if it's just a small act of kindness. You can have a conversation with your parents if they're not aware of it, or your friends, and that just helps them. And you may think it's a small act, but it does make such a big impact for them. And we've been hearing a lot of this in our pre-Zoom call that we did with you guys. Jay was on that also, and he was saying the same thing, that uh, he expected more people to be asking him about it or keeping up with the news and stuff. And so, I mean, that just adds a whole nother layer of helplessness uh, that you may be feeling with people not wanting to get involved and stuff. But for people who maybe just haven't even heard about it because the news isn't reporting about a lot of the stuff, uh, do you guys have any actual websites or anything where people could go to keep up on this news that are reliable? I wouldn't say there are websites that we can rely on. There might be some that I'm not aware of, but I get most of my information from either Facebook or Instagram, like Singh has stated earlier. A lot of the pages is like Generation Z. Um, another one is I Love Myanmar, but love is spelled with L-U-V, not L-O-V. And just that. And then also, there are also like influencer instagram influencers or um i guess celebrities and actors they're the one who constantly post about the incidents and there isn't really a place that you can go to because each one is different and each one covers almost a different story from all over myanmar so i'd say stay connected to your instagram and then follow maybe hashtag save myanmar or myanmar or pray for myanmar so i believe if you follow those hashtags then you most definitely get what you need to know about Myanmar. Okay, so if anybody wants that later, I'm sure that you can ask Ta, or if you're watching the Facebook Live or listening to this on the podcast or whatever, I'm sure uh, you could email the few, and we can send you some of the different things that we've seen and the different websites and accounts that we've been looking at. But a lot of times when I listen to this stuff, you listen and you think, oh my goodness, that's horrible and I want to do something. But then a lot of times we just talk about it. We might pray about it for a little bit, but then there's nothing that you can really uh, keep putting action to. So is there anything that the American church can be doing? Obviously, prayer is like at the top of the list. We really need to be praying for Burma and for the people in Burma. But is there anything else? I know that you were mentioning earlier uh, some different fundraisers and different things so what can the american church be doing right now to help people in, in burma i think you guys have done pretty much everything that we've wanted um you've prayed for us you've helped us raise awareness um there are also a lot of um, organizations that you can donate to and i'll just list a few they're all from instagram so at mutual aid myanmar at listen up myanmar and at grace ministry they all have like a link in their bio that you can click to and they have like a fund me right i don't know if I'm, that's the correct thing to say but um they have like a link in their bio where you can click and you can donate money to and all 100% of the money goes to Burma. And so this is a really, I should say, like the, a practical way to help Burma and to uh, make sure that the people know that you are helping them, that you do care about what's happening back there. And yeah, I guess donating is one of the big main things that is really helpful. And Zing, just to go into that a little bit more, uh, what are those donations used for? So if somebody would donate to one of those that you uh, just mentioned, what do those proceeds go to? A lot of them go into like the medical stuff, because as we know, um, 
they're being killed on a daily basis now, and it's not just being injured, but they're actually being shot with bullets, with real bullets. And so a lot of them go for, um, I believe, I, I don't know what like the, speci the, the specifics of it, but I do know that a lot of them go to um, like doctors and people in the hospital, and they donate food, clothes, or water, or you know rice. Um, a lot of them go into um, like the things that they need, like necessities for their daily lives, because as you know, they're protesting every single day, and that causes such a, um, a strain into their daily lives um, as resources are limited for them. Sure. Okay, so another thing that I wanted to point out, and this is just from some research that we were doing, the COVID effects um, and the lockdowns have been another huge thing that have affected people in Myanmar. And a lot of them um, are suffering from the economic downturn from the COVID lockdowns and the coup. Many have lost jobs that they had, cannot receive any type of government, government assistance, right? So, so many of uh, you listening or uh, people here, stimulus checks here in the U.S., right? If you're not working, um, all the stuff, COVID relief, we have all that stuff. They do not. And so, like Zing just said, many who are protesting and uh, the CDM, they have chosen to quit their jobs in order to protest, in order to try and gain back this freedom. And that has taken a toll on their country and everything that they have. And another thing that I wanted to share, and this just really hit me, um, the people living in Burma experienced a 25% increase in prices for just necessary food items in two days. That was crazy to me. Just think of our food prices, right? Things that we need to buy daily for food, necessary living items, 25% increase in just two days. That's just so crazy. And so um, going back to another thing that people can do if you're listening to the live, if you're listening to this later, um, I know we're going to post it on our podcast for people to re-listen to. Uh, Y'all who are here with us tonight, you youth, go to those places. Go download it. Go share it. One of the biggest things that you can do right now is to uh, get these facts, get these personal stories out and uh, share it with friends, with family, with people you have a personal connection with. Because when they see that you're invested in it, when they see that you're interested in helping and you want to support these brothers and sisters that we have in Burma, that's just a personal connection. And they will probably, hopefully, uh, go ahead and download and help donate whatever they want to do as well. Okay, so moving on to the next question, I wanted to talk a little bit about, so you guys mentioned that you have um, some family members, uh, friends, different things in Burma. Um, do you have access to individuals there, whether that be family members, um, protesters, people? Uh, are you hearing from people in Burma right now? Personally, I would say uh, my parents are in contact with our relatives and friends and families, but nothing of my grandparents. The two people I care most about that are in Myanmar right now, I, we can't contact them. They, have been, they haven't been active lately. And knowing that, we all love our grandparents, I believe, and because I love them so much. And knowing that I can't be in contact with them, it takes a toll on me. And then internet has been, like we mentioned earlier, has been in and out. And there are times they have cut off the network and they're about to for the Wi-Fi that are just at their homes. So with that being said, we're losing connections and we might lose all the connections in the future. So just for people listening, I want all of us to try and put ourselves in 
uh, Zing and Ta's shoes. So you guys have family members in Burma who are experiencing different things over there. And so just as we were meeting with them earlier, we were just talking about how if we had a family member just in another state who is going through something, it's constantly on your mind and you're constantly thinking about them, constantly praying for them. And so I think that all of us really need to, uh, like Lily said earlier, we have brothers and sisters in Christ in Burma that we have got to be praying for and we've got to be taking an active interest in what is going on over there. And there's so many things that we can be doing, but the main thing is that we have got to be praying for them and praying for peace in Burma and that they would uh, be able to get through all this stuff that's going on because I just can't imagine having someone who is a family member or I know that Ta, you said that you have a lot of friends who are in the protests and doing different things. I just can't even imagine what that would be like to have family members and friends over there who are going through all this stuff. So that's definitely something that the American church can be praying about. And I have a passion to um, see people get this. And I know that it's it's different for us because we know you guys personally. We have talked with you guys. We've been here before. We've spoken here before. And I hope that people who are listening to this after realize that we do have a heart for you guys and for the Church of Christ to come together in unity because that's really what we need right now. We need that unity. And I love that we're able to do that, that we're able to, again, going back to what I said in the beginning, that we're able to use our voices for good and for the Lord's justice to be shown to people and to be displayed. And I think it's going to be really powerful for them to hear directly from you guys. I personally, I don't know how to state this, but I'll say this with what Zing has said earlier, raise awareness as much as you can. Be the voice for those that are unheard. I feel like almost Myanmar is either a mute or outside of Myanmar, the people are deaf. That's how I feel. We've been demanding for the United Nations to help or the Asians to help, but we've really just been hanging. All they've said is just words afterwards. Hey, we're inspecting this, we're investigating this here and there, but I wish they do more than their words. So with the what our friends and families from the American churches could do is constantly pray, um, educate the younger youth maybe on why this is such a big deal and why justice is when one justice when one country's justice is down, why it's so important for the people around the world. Because Martin Luther King once said that justice in one place is an injustice. To everywhere. I believe that's how the quote was. But to conclude, it was more of like it's it's him saying if one just injustice takes in one place, then it's an injustice to the whole world. This is the reality of Myanmar, but it's not only their reality. It also threatens your justice, your basic human rights, your future of what is possible. It's not just theirs. So what I'd want you guys to do and what my friends and families and sisters, brothers across the world to do, and those who are listening and those who are here, is not only be a bystander. I am not saying what you are doing is enough or isn't enough. I'm not judging your actions or your doings, but I'm really asking you to take this into not just something that has happened and then be seen as, as a history later, but something that will be seen as this has happened once, let's not repeat it in the future. So a lesson 
I want everyone to take it as a lesson. We'll surely win, for sure, if we keep fighting together as one. Zing, what do you have to say about that? Ta basically said everything that I wanted to say, but I just want to add one more thing is um, the American churches, you guys have done a lot too, and just to add, we've raised, I mean, people have donated, they've raised awareness through social media, but I think you got, the most important thing is to show the Burmese people that you care for them too, that you hear their voices, because even us living in the United States, we feel helpless, so imagine how they must be feeling. And so um, just to show, just show them that you do care and that you see them and that you hear their cries for help and that it's not in vain. Yeah, just show them that they're not helpless, that you're willing to help and that you're standing with them. So really the main thing that the American church should be doing is raising awareness, right? We need to be finding resources where we can learn more about Burma if we don't know very much already. And then post and get the word out, tell your friends. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast episode when we post it, so they can be sending this to all their friends. And this is something that should really, really be concerning to the American church. Uh, this is something that has been weighing very heavily on me and Lily's hearts, and we've been trying to keep up with what's going on and have been uh, looking at different resources and stuff and also posting some different things on our social media platforms so right now we just really need to get the word out and let the people in Burma know that we see what they're going through and that we care about what they're going through so really quickly I wanted to read 2nd Corinthians 8 and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 to wrap up real fast so it says and now brothers we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So the one part that really stuck out to me and Lily as we found this verse, and we thought that it went so well with the topic that we're um, speaking about tonight. At one point it says, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. I think that this is something that the American church really needs to begin doing, urgently pleading with the Lord and with others to help Burma and to help the people in Burma and to try and improve this situation that they're in because I know that it is so difficult for all the people who are there in Burma, but we also need to be helping our brother and sisters here in the States to get the word out and to raise awareness. And I know that me and Lily have been saying this a lot on our podcast recently, but we are one body. And what is a hurt to the body in Burma should be a hurt to us because we are all one in the Lord. And so I think that that's something that we really, really need to keep in mind that we should be hurting for the people in Burma and we should be doing as much as we possibly can to help them and to raise awareness and uh, teach other people about what's going on. I think we're going to wrap up in prayer. Is there anything else that anybody wanted to add? I did. Did you guys have anything else? 
Did you want to add it? You're good. All right. There's one thing that I want to say. I want to say something to the American church, and I also want to speak to uh, you guys here tonight, okay? Uh, let's just get on a real level here. We've looked at the stuff that's going on. This is a lot. This is heartbreaking. This is overwhelming. These things are not fun to discuss. We don't take this lightly. We don't come up here um, and and just say, oh, we're going to have a conversation. Uh, we prayed about this. We want it to be something that honors God. And um, here's what I want to say to you guys. So many of you have said that you feel uh, helpless, that you you feel hopeless, that you don't know what to do, um, you don't know how to help. And I know we've talked about different things, but spiritually, I want you guys to know uh, that this this breaks God's heart. Okay, this is not something uh, that God turns His eyes from. Uh, this is something that He sees. This is something that He is hurt by. This is not what he intended, right? We realize, and I want you guys to realize this too, or be reminded of it, that we live in a sinful and fallen world, and this is not fun, but God has called us to be um, more than what everybody else is uh, right now, right? He has called us to speak for the voiceless. This is not something that's just, oh, well, we'll see what happens, right? This is the body of Christ coming together, doing what they're made to do. And when we do that, we make sure that if, if Ta is feeling hopeless, if she's feeling helpless, then Lily better be, okay? Because we're one in the body of Christ. And so let me tell you tonight that you are, one, not alone, and two, God is in this, okay? And I know it sounds so cliche to say, rhymed, um, but God sees you. He sees the hurt. He sees all the stuff that's happening in Burma. He sees everyone who has been a victim to this violence and this force um, from the military, and I can tell you that he is a just God. He does not just let people get away with sin, okay? This violence, this everything that's going on, it doesn't just happen without a reason. And our brothers and sisters, I want you guys to know, if you're watching in Burma, if you're watching wherever this spreads, I don't know where God is going to take this, but I want you guys to know that God loves you so much and that he sees you, he loves you, and he, he is in this with you, and he has a purpose for this. This isn't just happening. This isn't just, you know, oh, we live in a sinful, fallen world. God has a purpose in this. You're not alone. You're not hopeless. We're with you in this. The body of Christ needs to come together and show our brothers and sisters this. And then also to the American church, we need to do that. We need to step up. We need to be what God has called us to be. We need to stop being, we need to stop turning our eyes from this. Okay, because I can honestly say that sometimes we turn our eyes from this because we're scared we don't know enough. We're scared. Like I got up here tonight thinking, what if I uh, mispronounce something? What if I mess up some fact? Right. Listen, I can't let that stop me because of what God has called me to. And these girls did that tonight, too. Trust me, we pray together, we talk together, and we're all nervous to get up here. We're nervous to say things and to go through this, right? But we did it because we know that that's what God has called us to. And American Church, I want you to know God is calling you to this. This is not just something that Lily is called to, not just something Maddie's called to from the American Church. We're all called to this. So we need to step up and we need to do it.
We're going to wrap up in prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this night, and I thank you that you have given us this opportunity to uh, spread the word about what's happening in Burma. I pray that you would help each and every one of us here in America to just be so extremely heavy-hearted about what's happening in Burma. I pray that you would put a uh, a real sadness on our hearts um, for the people of Burma. But I pray that you would help us to come together and actually do something about what's happening. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to use our spheres of influence to spread the word and to tell others what about what's happening in Burma and that we would take action and that we would just help the people in Burma in whatever way we can. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>